Hey y'all, my name is Bryce. I have a new life in Christ and I'm in recovery from fear of man, shame, fear of intimacy. In this past week, a lot of shame and fear of intimacy. Hey y'all, okay, so my junior year of college, it's October, October 5th specifically, it's a Thursday. I had a huge procedure, the first procedure I'd ever had, like real surgery, on my ACL. I had a full ACL, um, lateral medial meniscus repair. And the very next morning, I mean, my, my, I still got a big cut on my knee. The very next morning, they had me come in to do physical therapy. My physical therapist, bless her heart, her name was Brittany, so sweet. I was just like, oh, I feel better because you're like my mom. You should have been my mom. Uh, But she started doing this physical therapy stuff on me, and over time, she started doing these different stretches. Now, if you've ever done physical therapy, something with your knee, um, they have to do some stretches, and it doesn't feel good. But... There was one particular stretch that she started having to do on me. First, they would push down to like bend my leg backwards, but then they, she started like having to push my knee towards my chest to bend my knee like normal like that, right? So I could bend it past 90 degrees. She started doing it and then it got to the point where, I mean, I'm telling you, it was so painful. I'm laying on this, I'm laying on this bed and I'm gripping the side and I'm sweating. And she's like, oh, it's okay, I swear. Like, you're, you're gonna be good, it's just, just a little bit longer. And she would do like one whole minute goes on just like pushing my knee. And it got to the point where it was hurting so bad, I started pushing against her. And then she would, like, she would kind of get frustrated with me. She's like, Bryce, stop fighting me. And I'm like, listen, I'm in so much pain. I don't know what to do, it's just natural. And then over time, I was like, wait, do we really need to do those exact stretches? And she was like, listen, Bryce, if you want to heal properly, it is absolutely necessary to do these stretches. I know they hurt, but if you want to be healed properly, if you want to walk normally again, you must do these stretches. It's absolutely necessary. And so from that moment on, (laughs) I mean, it did not feel good, but I I had to just like... um, figure out a way to absorb the pain and just let the pain, um, I had to allow myself to experience it because without it, I would not be healed properly. And why do I start there? The month of May, we've been talking about, um, we've done the series called, if I could share one thing, what would I share with the region group? And tonight, if I could share one thing, I would share on our seasons of suffering our seasons of suffering. That's what I wanna share with you guys tonight. And um, I shared this, I I talk about suffering because the scripture makes it, the, the word of God makes it abundantly clear that suffering is absolutely necessary to your transformation. Suffering is absolutely necessary to your transformation. And um, whatever you're walking into this room with, I, there's a ton of stories that are here in this room that are represented here, and I don't know what you're walking in here with. It may be a, something that happened recently or an illness, something you've been battling for a long time. Maybe it's been lifelong, and it's a suffering that's just burdening you. I don't know what's burdening you tonight, but I want you to know that God is using, using those difficulties, those trials, specifically for your sanctification, specifically to make you holy if you are in Christ. And so real quickly, before we talk about suffering more explicitly, I just wanna define a little bit what I mean by suffering. I know that suffering can kind of be this really broad topic and I really want it to be that because suffering encompasses so many things and God uses so many of those things to transform you. And so I'm just gonna kind of describe a couple of words that um, really show what I mean by suffering. So what I mean by that is grief. 
Like if you, grie- if you have something to grieve, if you've been grieving or you've experienced loss or sorrow or pain, anguish or affliction, harm, despair. Like these, these words describe the experience of what suffering may produce in our lives. And I just want you to know that it can be big or small, a short time or a long time. It doesn't matter what it is. Some of us will make the mistake of thinking that because our suffering isn't as bad as theirs, our suffering must not be that bad. And so I should just stuff it. I should just move away from it. And God is telling you tonight to don't do that. And if you've been, if you've been suffering for a long time, God is going to show you, I hope tonight, the blessing that he provides in the midst of it. So tonight, I want you to walk away with two things, really. Um, The first thing I want you to walk away with is that God is sovereign over your suffering. God is sovereign over your suffering. And then the second thing is, God has a purpose for your suffering. 1 Peter 4 is where we're gonna be at tonight, and it's gonna talk about those things. Chapter, Chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, he begins this. Beloved, Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. He said, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. First thing, God is sovereign over your sufferings. Regent, I think, and this is not just this room, but I think the world oftentimes, when we experience some trial or difficulty, something that causes us pain, often our reaction towards suffering is shock and confusion. Like, we're, we're, we're wondering why this is happening or how it could happen to you and you don't really understand it. There's kind of this confusing state that you're in. But Peter says right here in verse 12, that we are not to be surprised by those things. He says, beloved, when the trial comes, when that trial comes, not if, but when that trial comes, when you get the knock on your door of suffering or you lose that friend or you lose that relationship or that job or that diagnosis comes in that you weren't expecting or you've been experiencing this diagnosis and it just got worse when that comes or you get that one call that changed everything. Just to let you in on a family um, conversation that we just talked about pretty, like just earlier tonight, we had a dear beloved volunteer, a leader in our ministry who ended up um, passing away in his sleep last Monday night. His name was Jimmy Zeeland, a sweet, man, a sweet, sweet man. If you guys are here and you've been in groundwork, you've probably met him. Um, red hair, glasses, just the sweetest man. And we got, that, we got that information Tuesday morning in staff prayer, and it was just shocking. Like, that was difficult. It's, some, it's a hard pill to swallow, and it's sad. But Peter right here is telling us, he says, listen, beloved, don't be surprised by the trial. It can be shocking the moment, but the experience of the suffering, don't be surprised by that, he says. And so then I'm asking myself, like, why? Why should I not be surprised? Why should I not be shocked at the pain and the difficulty that I'm seeing or experiencing in the world? And and Peter's going to make it clear. It says, he says, because it all belongs to God, all of it. Everything belongs to God. Right before verse 12, Peter says, to him belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. To God belongs 
everything, the glory, his authority and power, everything belongs to God. And what he means by the word dominion is that literally all of creation belongs to God because he's the one who created it. He spoke it into existence. Everything belongs to God. He owns it. So every thought, every breath, every life, every moment that you've ever experienced or every emotion is all owned by God because he's the author of it all. He's the author of it all. And so, Regent, what that means, God being sovereign, what that means is that every millisecond of your trials, every um, long-term season of your suffering, every aspect and every moment of it is under God's providential control. And just to make that a little bit more clear or more understandable, that means that (coughs) the life that you have is not a random shuffling of a deck and a hand dealt to you. Like when I was younger, they told me, Bryce, you know, like your family and the abuse and the neglect, all that stuff, man, that's just the hand you were dealt, you know? And so it made me feel like it was just random. Like, oh man, like I should have just rolled the dice one more time. But God is saying that it's not just a random rolling of the dice, that he is providentially in control over all of it. And so I'm not an accident. My life isn't an accident. Your past is not an accident. He is in control of it. Your trials aren't a roll of a dice or a random shuffling of the deck. And let me stop here and say something real quick. Is the scripture says that God is completely sovereign, but he also says that he hates sin. He hates it. And so whatever sin has been done to you, the suffering you've experienced because of somebody else's decisions in your life or somebody else's mistakes in your life, God hates it and he grieves it. He grieves it alongside of you. He weeps for it. And those who have harmed you are held responsible by him and they will be held accountable. They are held responsible and they will be held accountable. But simultaneously, God is completely sovereign, completely in control. And listen, Regent, I'm just gonna be real straight up. Like Bryce to Regent, that's a mystery. That's hard to understand but it doesn't mean it's not true and it doesn't mean that it's not good because that means that every moment of the suffering in your life is not by accident and God has providentially brought it into reality and that he is also using it for a purpose, which is the second point I wanna make tonight. Um, Not only is he providential in it, but he's also using suffering and trial um, for a purpose. Verse 13 says this, But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Peter, if you notice here in this verse, Peter's not like making like a small suggestion. He's not like, hey, you know, like, hey, this would be kind of like better for you if you just kind of like weren't as sad about your suffering. He's not like just making a suggestion. He's making a command here, like a, like a command, what, the, what we would as theologians call a command. There's no other like suggestion here. He's saying, this is what you should do in your sufferings. He doesn't say like, hey, buddy, cheer up, like it's gonna be okay. But he commands us that in the midst of our suffering, we would rejoice, like rejoice at who God is in the midst of our trials and our sufferings. And I just got to ask the question, why? Like, how do you, like, why would you, what would be the purpose of rejoicing in your sufferings, right? And he gives it plainly, clear as dead right here. Why would you rejoice in your sufferings? So that you may also rejoice 
and then be glad when God's glory is revealed to you. Let me say it like this. The purpose of your trials and difficulties in the life that you've been experiencing, the brokenness of your past, the things that you'll experience in the future, all those things are purposed in order for you to see God's glory. In order for you to see God's glory. He doesn't say, hey, rejoice so that if God reveals his glory, you'll be glad. He says, rejoice because when God reveals his glory, you will be glad and you rejoice all the more. And you're gonna be saying, well, what's the benefit of seeing God's glory in the midst of my suffering? It doesn't change anything. And the benefit of seeing God's glory is your transformation. What brought you into region? What are you suffering? What is the trial that you're going through? He's saying in the midst of it, rejoice, and you will see who God is truly. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this. And we all, believers with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Our trials, to basically put this in, to put this in perspective, our trials cause us to realize that the brokenness of this world is not fulfilling and it can't get us what we truly need. And so then it causes us to lift our eyes from the brokenness of what's in front of us, what we can't control, and to lift them to Christ and to seek God in hope. And then when we do that, when we do that in the midst of our trials and our sufferings, he then reveals his glory to us. And then we're transformed from one degree of glory to another from the inside out. If you're coming in the region and you think you have a habit problem, it's not a habit problem, it's a heart problem. And the scripture says right here that when you see God in his goodness, in his character, in his love, in his fullness and authority, I don't know how to explain it other than God being God and us not being him. When you truly see him by faith, he changes your heart. And he often uses seasons of suffering in order to do so. Regent, if I could leave you with just, um, if I could just leave you with a suggestion, I wanna say this first, and then I'll give you the suggestion, that suffering is absolutely necessary for your transformation. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a mysterious thing. Like I, I pray and I ask God often. I'm like, does it really have to be that, you know? Um, and over time, as I seek him in the midst of it, it's not that my, my scenarios change. Like I still struggle with depression currently. And I've been in a season of exhaustion and it's been welling up more and more. And I'm wondering, Lord, like, is this the thing? Like, is this the thing I'm just gonna deal with forever? And I'm gonna tell you this, two years ago, I did not have the same faith and joy that I did, that I do today. But my depression is not gone. And my, my anxious thoughts and worries are not gone. My circumstances are the same, but my heart's different. And that's something that the Lord can do in you. Trans transformation is done through suffering and it's really, really profoundly important how you respond in the midst of your suffering. Big or small, short or long, it's so important. You can either, in the midst of your difficulty and trials, you can either just white knuckle it and navel gaze at yourself and just look at the ground and try to figure out how to live life and fix things on your own because you think that you have some sense of control, which is really just an illusion. 
Or you can give that illusion up. You can give up that lie for the truth and turn to God. And when you turn to God and you seek him in the midst of your suffering, he will reveal himself to you. He promises it. He will reveal himself to you and you will be transformed. This is the suggestion I'm going to make. James chapter 1, um, verses 2 and 4, 2 through 4 says this. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. There's all types in this room. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. The testing of your faith produces steadfastness or like um, a suffering, experiencing those things produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So how do you let your seasons of suffering produce its full effect? How? I would say in the midst of your sufferings, instead of asking God to find a way out of the season, ask God to show you his glory and his character and his truth in the season. So that no matter your circumstance, no matter your suffering, no matter the problem, no matter the call you get, you in your heart will know who God is and you will stand firmer and firmer on a foundation of who he is because he is the truth, the way, and the life than you ever have in the past. Once he reveals himself to you, you'll be transformed forever and he'll do it forever and ever and ever. He is a good, good God. Tonight we're gonna hear about a story of a woman named Melissa who's been transformed by the spirit of God. Through suffering and through rejoicing, she's gonna come up and share a story with us. So why don't y'all give her a round of applause.